Joe Biden says he's going to make his decision whether to run again pretty soon. I'm Byron York from The Byron York Show. Download and subscribe to my daily podcast to hear me get right into the news of the day. You can subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Offers for free iPhones are usually too good to be true. Just like freedom itself, nothing is actually free. Other mobile phone companies not only lock you into long-term contracts, but they build the price of the phone into your bill with hidden fees. Now with Patriot Mobile, they can show you how to get that iPhone 14 or 14 Pro that you've been eyeing interest-free without the games and with no contract. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider with nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks because they use the same towers as the major carriers. Get the same great service while supporting a company that's fighting to preserve our God-given rights and freedoms. Patriot Mobile also offers a performance guarantee. So if you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch to any of the three major carriers they provide for free. Simply visit patriotmobile.com Dana or call their 100% U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with offer code Dana. That's patriotmobile.com Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Uh, But again, we are doing the work. The president has been doing the work at the border since day one. Yeah, doing the work. Tear down the wall. That's that's what he's been doing. That's Corinne Jean-Pierre, White House press person. Welcome to the Dana Show. How are you, friends? I'm Sergio Sanchez, and this is the Dana Show, broadcasting again from her southern command in deep south Texas. Merry Christmas to you. We continue the Hanukkah celebration, too, for the next several days. Happy Hanukkah. And thank you for joining us on the Dana Show. Yeah, the, the work at the border, according to KJP, is to open the border. You know, compared to Donald Trump, I know the lame excuse, lame argument. And that's all they have on the left, sadly for them. Truth is not on their side. History is not on their side. The destruction of America is definitely on their side. The work by the Biden administration is to open the border. You know that lame comment yesterday? Oh, it's only you guys on the right. Only conservatives. You guys are the only ones talking about opening the border, open the border. That is the reduction that, you know, when you get rid of everything else and just shuck it down to the cob. Yeah, that's what it is. The Biden policy when it comes to border security, or in his case, insecurity, is to open the border. Has been from the beginning. First thing he did, I mean, and he promised it on the campaign trail. It's, it's not like he walked into the White House and surprise, surprise, hey, looky, he's doing opposite of what he promised. No, he told you clearly on the campaign trail, Joe Biden did. And you guys still voted for him. You still, you guys, it's the voters in this country. A good chunk of y'all. Closer, you know, I don't know how many of the, you know, 80, really? 80 plus million? That's either an extreme exaggerated participation by non-voters who voted for the first time because they really hated Trump. And they bought into all the anti-Trump propaganda, which I'll be mentioning again in just a little bit. You guys really wanted him out. And, of course, you got the ballot stuffing and all the COVID-related relaxation on voter rules all over the place, the ballot stuffing, the overnight boxes, you know, all the mules out there, all, all those things that we could delve into. It was, it was the COVID presidential election. Normally, presidential elections are close enough as it is, right? Go back to history and see how generally how close they are between R&D and 
thanks to COVID, thanks to the relaxation of rules, and it only took certain precincts, you know, places in Pennsylvania and Wisconsin and Michigan, some of the battleground states, and just flip for Joe Biden. Based on not rural, but urban settings, kept the information close. We still have a lot of questions on the imperfections of the voting process in this country. And of 80 million plus, I wish I could tell you what the percentage is of that. That's bogus. But it really doesn't take much. Even on the popular vote, even even if he did win it, it only takes certain precincts, certain voting locations, certain counties to flip the entire electoral count to one presidential candidate. That's mostly in big cities. And you guys on the ground in the battleground states or recently, you know, you were considered a battleground state. Could be Pennsylvania, could be Virginia, could be Georgia, Arizona, now your battleground, Nevada, all these places. We know where the left and right where the exclamation points on R and D on blue and red are California, New York, Texas, Florida, solid red now. There's a lot of it can be done. I do believe that if people have the information, they will make better choices and good campaigning as well. But either way, back to the whole campaign trail. Joe Biden, he was very clear. I mean, let's go back to the first debate. Joe Biden and all the other people running for president, everybody in the kitchen sink running for president on the Democrat side, wanting to get rid of Donald Trump. How many were there? I already forget. Well, like 20, 22 initially, something like that. And at the end of that first debate, or everybody and the grandma and their dog in the kitchen sink were on stage, what was the final question that was asked? It was, hey, you guys in favor of providing illegal health insurance to illegal immigrants. Every single hand went up and the roar, the applause, the acceptance of all the crazy lefties in the crowd. Yay! We're going to give health insurance to all illegal immigrants, all migrants, as they call them. We say open border. Joe Biden opened the border. Joe Biden's open border because there's just way too many promises that he has fulfilled to, again, open the border. From stopping the wall construction. Had a new friend. Brian Kilmeade stopped by this past weekend. He was wanting he was wanting to see, okay, where's the stacks? So yeah, we got stacks of bothered wall steel. We got stacks of that U.S. taxpayer funded, which in essence, not you and I, it actually would be our children and grandchildren because it's all on deficit spending. Either way, taxpayers going to have to pay for all that steel rotting in the fields, rotting near the Rio Grande River, rotting in areas here in South Texas, all across the border. It's already paid for. It's there. It's running. He promised to stop the wall. He did. Absolutely. He went into office. He promised. He told you. No smoke signal. He was very clear. Stop the wall. I'm going to stop the wall. Joe Biden said, I'm going to stop the detention of, of families. Yeah, he sure did that, didn't he? Right? And, and that was a clarion call back to all places, 150 some odd nations that we see send an illegal immigrant representative to the border. Yeah, it's about 150 different nations. Yeah, it's not only Central and South America. They're coming from they're coming from Africa, the Middle East. They're coming from all over the place. And they're even coming from Russia, running from the Putin draft. Yeah, we got plenty of Russians cross, crossing the border. But he said, and the detention of families, that 
pretty much what? You, they're going to go back? No. Ending the detention of families. What does that mean? You end the detention, where do they go? They stay in the country. Of course they understand that. Are they stupid? The ones acting stupidly are many of y'all who voted for these policies to come in. And he was really clear about that. And he delivered on those promises. And now we've had 2.3 million illegal immigrants that have been reclassified into migrants or asylum-seeking migrants. They're illegal migrants. They crossed illegally. They're family units they've been allowed to stay in this country for. It used to be the process. It used to be five or six years, a process that many of these people wouldn't participate in, wouldn't show back. Because they blend into society. They disappear into the ether of America. They get illegally, they get jobs. Employers illegally employ them and pay them less, many times less than minimum wage and, and substandard conditions. It's the new, it is the new slave class, slave labor class. It's ridiculous. That has to change. And it's only the leftist media, you guys up in New York, up in Washington, that can hold this administ- administration to account. For this criminal behavior. It is criminal behavior on the part of the administration because he's the one who, the executive branch is the one that's supposed to enforce law passed by Congress. It's in the books. He just doesn't enforce it. Stop the wall and the detention of families and the remain in Mexico program. Anybody cross the border illegally, illegally, you at the port of entry or across illegally, you ask for asylum. Okay, Donald Trump says, go back. Wait at that other country you crossed from where you should have asked for asylum. And Donald Trump worked with Mexico City, worked with AMLO, secure southern border, worked with AMLO to send those people back to remain in Mexico if you're going to ask for asylum. He managed to do that. Yeah, he was going to get rid of that. And he did, right? The courts have upheld it. You've probably heard, and we talked about this yesterday on the show. The courts have upheld Remain in Mexico. He could use it. He doesn't. It's available to him. He doesn't. He could put it in place and show it to the world and show to anyone who wants to pay thousands of dollars or become a slave to cartels and their criminal partners in the U.S. and work at bars or food processors or sexual slavery, want to indebt themselves to be new slaves through the cartel and the criminal network. Anyone wanting to indebt themselves to come into this country illegally, they would have to wait in Mexico first. And because they don't want to fork it over to the cartels and run the risk of remaining in Mexico, yeah, they would stay away under Trump. They're coming because of open border. That's what it says. Open border says stop the wall, stop remaining in Mexico, stop the detention of families. And remember the first words out of his, his mouth? Pausing, stopping, all deportations. First 100 days. Absolutely. The president, Karine Jean-Pierre, says the president has been doing the work at the border since day one. Absolutely. He's been doing the work to open the border. Look for the definition of everything I just said. This is the Dana Show. I'm Sergio Sanchez in for my friend Dana. All right, here we go. J6 committee is done. My question related to all this do you think that Republicans should cons- should consider continuing the January 6th committee now that they take control in just uh, two, three weeks? You're probably going, what? <laughs> Serge, what are you talking about? <laughs> Did you get a fermented taco for breakfast this morning? <laughs> you know, think about it. 
And see, this this has been debated and argued up in D.C. that you continue the J6 committee from the Republican side, you provide at least for a, a small, short amount of time, maybe some balance to this uber left, nothing but Trump hating, distort the information and try to brainwash people into thinking that Donald Trump is you know, akin to Satan and is a traitor and should be locked away the rest of his life. Provide some, like all the video, all the audio, all the testimony, all the stuff that was not played, the full audio, the full, full video. Everything from inve- federal investigators, federal employees embedded within the protesters. Mm-hmm. How, did some of them incite some of this violence? Did some of, this, some of these individuals who are on the left egg or try to egg on, try to push some of these Trump, you know, allied protests, try to spur them to to conduct some violence? What about the leftists who actually conducted the violence? What about the embedded federal employees? Show the video of all the police that literally were removing some of the ribbon and some of the barriers and kind of waving people out. Okay, come on in, folks. Opening up, holding the door. Come on in, folks. Come on in. And people peacefully walking into the Capitol. Being, all that video. Maybe maybe provide that. Not that the leftist media is going to play any of that, but just put it on the record and congressional record once and for all to re- provide some balance. The j6 committee that's now done now i guess Liz cheney can now what go prepare for a failed presidential campaign or maybe she should run as a democrat because after all she's got a lot of democrat friends right oh they love her democrats love her yeah go find out how much democrats actually love you liz run for president on the dem side see what happens see see them guffaw laugh in your face (laughs) you show up your hands extended for a campaign donation on the democrat side Obstruction of government proceedings, conspiracy to make false statements, uh, aiding, abetting, and insurrection. Boy, that's the worst insurrection I've seen. Or the armies? Where's, where's the military? Where's, where's the attack? Fiery attack on the Capitol. Another conspiracy charge. Oh, oh yeah, and maybe a Republican Jake Six committee. Maybe. You know, talk about the deadly Capitol riot. That was deadly. Yeah. No law enforcement officer died as a result of this. Absolutely. It was natural causes, suicide, other issues. It was deadly, though, because one veteran, yeah, U.S. veteran, young, young woman, a protester, unarmed, shot by Capitol Police. Maybe, maybe um, flesh that one out a little more. But as always... You know, Trump haters, they always go overboard. And in the end, this whole J6 thing, all this, what did this provide? Nothing but another opportunity to embarrass themselves. They had two failed impeachments. Well, the bogus dossier. You know, you got FBI working with social media to suppress Biden information before the election. The document phishing right now. You think that just Department of Justice is going to move on all these recommendations? My money is that they will. They can't help themselves. On the left, we've got a bunch of leftists running the FBI and DOJ right now. They cannot help themselves. I'm expecting them to move on these recommendations somehow. Because all these Trump haters, they always go overboard and they do nothing but hurt themselves and prop him up. Give former President Donald Trump free airtime. Just like he lives rent-free in their heads. I'm Sergio Sanchez. 
You're listening to The Dana Show from her Southern Command in South Texas. You want to say hello online? It's Sergio at KURV.com and on Twitter at Sergio Talk. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super B Tart Chews are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise, and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simply delicious. Tart cherry gummies come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off tart cherry gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com slash Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com slash Dana for up to 35% off tart cherry gummies. Buytartcherry.com slash Dana. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. The Dana Show, broadcasting from our Southern Command in South Texas. Let's check some of the headlines. And you need to check with your airline in the event that you're traveling tomorrow or Thursday. Even today, if you guys are on the West Coast or Northwest, check with the airline. We got American, Delta, Southwest. JetBlue, Alaska, everybody, all these airlines are starting to provide and issue travel waivers because they're expecting this nasty weather to create some delays. CEO of Walmart warning that the rising number of theft the thefts at retailers could hurt the average shopper. The cost of all the shoplifting so far, $100 billion this year nationwide. And congratulations to some smaller communities that are Boomtown, USA. Got a couple in Idaho, Nampa, Meridian. We got Murfreesboro, Tennessee, near Nashville. New Braunfels, Texas, Fort Myers, Boomtown, USA, small community. A lot of the media really doesn't cover some of the most important stories of the day. I'm Byron York from the Byron York Show. Lately, we're talking about President Biden and his upcoming decision on whether he will run in 2024. A big problem? Large majorities of the American people don't want him to do it. Democrats are nervous. It's a big, big story. Again, I don't talk about every single issue, just the ones you most need to know. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Booster is not going so well. When you take a look at uptake numbers, when you look at 65 and over, it's only 35%. That's tiny compared to elders who got the, the original vaccine. And as you can see, the numbers just go down, down, down as you get younger. So people just aren't really hearing this. Now, I will say that when I talk to doctors, they do emphasize that it really is the elderly and the immune compromised who need to worry the most okay. about this. They're really urging that group to go out there well, and get a booster. Dr. Liz Cohen, she's over at the Clueless News Network, CNN. Yeah, that's fine, Dr. Liz. It's the vulnerable, it's the elderly, and if they want it, get it. But we've seen already how heavy-handed either county judges or governors or health authorities or even the White House and mandating this and compromising recruitment efforts and even the ranks of our military people leaving or being kicked out. We've seen mayors kick some of their employees off the payrolls because they didn't get 
some of these shots. We, we've seen what government overreach is this COVID experience. We have exposed who the many tyrants are, and we don't want that anymore. And little by little, some of these people being replaced. It's, it's good to have these boosters if they work for the elderly, if they work for the immunocompromised. Terrific. It's like what? Like having a flu vaccine? Not everybody takes the flu vaccine, but can you imagine the public pushback, the turnover in politicians, all the firing of politicians if local governments, county, state, federal, if they demanded every single individual must get a flu vaccine? Because if not, you're killing people. This is a pandemic, a flu pandemic of the unvaccinated. All, all, these rid, all this ridiculous language. The rates are going down because people are waking up, and we'd like to see more research. I would. I'd like to see more research. Myocarditis, the, the negative effect on you know, the menstrual patterns for, for women, all those things. I, I think it's time that now we sit down, we calm down, we, we take a breath, and you guys start doing your clinical trials on the deleterious, big word, effect of all this stuff. This is The Dana Show. How are you, amigo? I'm Sergio Sanchez, and for my friend Dana Lash, and Merry Christmas to you and family. Appreciate you checking in. Got a conversation coming up here in just a little bit with CPA Dr. Bruce Wiley. I called him to ask about some of these Democrat-run states that are, in essence, buying votes with some of these inflation stimulus checks. Do you you guys live, some of y'all live in some of these Democrat-run states that are providing inflation stimulus checks? In other words, just throwing money that the federal government gave these states, you know, or like our grandkids' money, you know, some of the, the federal stimulus checks for county and city government and state government. Yeah, they've got some of that left over they don't know what to do with, so they're just going to hand out checks and, in essence, buy votes. That's, that's the way, that's how screwed up things are right now. Which led me to another conversation with Dr. Wiley. You probably, man, I, I wish I could have one-on-one. -on -one. You have the benefit of sitting in your car or your truck somewhere, driving around town listening to the Dana show. And it's all one-sided. Look, I'm just yapping and flapping my gums here talking with you and sharing all this information. But I wish I could just sit down and have coffee with you and we could talk about the American work ethic and what happened to it. Because when I was reading these reports on state stimulus, inflation stimulus checks from several Democrat-run states, what has happened to us as a nation? I mean, we have one of the highest productivity numbers. The hours worked... The, the least amount of vacation time that we, because we're we're workaholics. We work hard. We establish our businesses. We like to keep our jobs. We like to climb the ladder at our jobs. It's the American work ethic. But I just get a feeling that this COVID season and even before that, that was slowly eroding. Got a violent shove forward on the erosion part of it through COVID. But now we got a generation sitting around waiting on stimulus checks and Uncle Sam, a paternal state. Daddy checks coming in to support people. No wonder we have so many people on the sidelines. So many job openings, despite the crazy metrics coming in on the economy. Anyway, that conversation with CPA, Dr. Bruce Wiley, coming up in just a little bit. Hey, stick around. You're not going to want to miss the rest of the program. Like I promised you yesterday, that headline on Father Frank Pavone. And if you are passionate, at least half of y'all, 
in this country because it's it's still kind of 50-50, the whole abortion thing, you know, killing babies. Oh, no, that's that. That is reproductive choice. No, it's killing babies. I, I know the passions are on fire on both sides of this, and we're kind of split 50-50. So for the 50% of y'all who love babies, want to see every single baby come into this this existence, this universe, and provide whatever ideas they have on, I don't know, could be education, productivity, could be on inventing some new processes, processes for business, could be, I don't know, maybe finding the cure for cancer, bringing everybody in and just be productive. Because no one has a right to say no to them. You're, you and I are here already, but to them, no one has a right to say, no, you can't come in. No, let everybody in. So Fra- Father Frank Pavone defrocked by management, by leadership of the church where, where, where he comes from. They want to kick him out of the ministry, kick him out of the Catholic Church. Well, I found him. Had another conversation with him. I'm going to share that with you. I believe, I think that probably is coming up in the last hour of the program. So what now? And he clarifies some of the concerns I know some of you all have about him being kicked out of the church, what happens with his ministry. So that conversation with Father Frank Pavone coming up in a little later on on the Dana Show. And this morning I had a conversation with Governor Greg Abbott of the Republic of Texas. And uh, yeah, we're talking about the board. I talked about power generation and all that stuff. We got nasty cold coming through Texas today. I know I can I can hear you all in, in the Midwest. You guys up northeast brother, laughing at me right now. Hey, it's Texas. You know, we, we had a nasty cold snap just a few months back and all the power went out. And that became a big campaign issue. And lawmakers addressed that during the legislative session. Anyway, the power is going to stay on, says the governor. That's fine. So don't worry about it. We should be fine with this big cold snap that's coming to Texas. It's going to be like 20-some-odd degrees, upper teens, low 20s for deep south Texas, tip of Texas. Like single digits up where Dana is up in in North Texas. If Dana's still up in North Texas, I hope she's on. She and Chris are on like on a beach right now, tropical island, enjoying the sun in the Caribbean. But we'll be fine. Now, we talked about immigration, Title 42. And in case you missed it, it was towards the end of the program. Right after the program yesterday, that the Chief Justice Roberts said, let me put a pause button on this. I want to hear back from the Biden administration. So what, what is he hoping to hear from the Biden administration on this? What's the backup plan from the Biden administration? And what about those buses going to you know, parts northeast full of illegal immigrants? And how come we can't send a bus south of our border in Mexico? Yeah, just drop them off just south of the border from us. Like, they're going north. That's fine. But how come we can't go south? What's the governor's mindset on that? That's coming up next hour of the Dana Show. All right, let me share with you a little conversation I had on the American work ethic and all the Democrat-run states providing all these state stimulus checks. Go ahead, Steve. Across our country, I I see these these business reports that say some states are handing out stimulus checks, air quotes, stimulus checks, checks from state coffers meant to fight inflation in their state. CPA Bruce Wiley is my guest. He's founder of American Tax Business Planning. I want to get your quick thoughts, quick impression. When you hear about stimulus checks at the state level to fight inflation, what comes to mind, Bruce? It's a stimulus to provide to, for voters to vote for the people voting for the benefits. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Buying votes. Buying votes. It's, uh, you know, there's families that are going through tough times right now, and there's no doubt about it, and, and some of them can really use the money, but we are in really inflationary times we have we are suffering from an incredible largesse of government spending and this is just 
when, you shake your head and wonder, what are these people thinking? I don't know how old you are, Bruce, um, but, man, I remember my dad, you know, he barely had, um, like, a fourth, fifth grade Mexican education, but that dude, man, he, he set the example. He set the bar really high. He worked three jobs at one time to feed my ungrateful mouth. I was working two, three jobs at one point to save money, get married, buy a house, get some college money. When did we fall off that horse as a nation, Bruce, where we just sit back and in times of trouble, we wait for Uncle Sam, the daddy state, to come and save us? When exactly did we fall off? Did we lose this work ethic that we used to champion as a nation? Yeah, that's been a gradual migration over the last decade, I would say, where, you know, it's, you know, people feel entitled to things and, hey, you know, I I deserve this. We've replaced hard work with emotions and sentiments. And uh, it's a scary thought. I mean, I, I, I grew up in a time where I worked my way through college, worked my way through law school, did did lots of lots of jobs. And, you know, my wife and I, it, the, we call them the happy times because we had a small house and, you know, young family. And, and now, we, you know, now you get all the trappings of, of some success and it's, it's almost a burden at times. But uh, it's really scary what's going on out, out in the country. If you if you sit back and really think about it and, and, and observe what's happening, the people in, in the state houses and the people in D.C. just keep throwing money. Yeah, they're on, not helping. You know, and they won't away. help. Yeah. They won't help because they will lose their gig. They will lose their power. They will lose their positions as politicians if they pull that rug, if they take that gift away. We have eaten from that poison tree. I'm afraid that I don't know if we can turn things around. We have created a generation, especially now during the COVID season, where they expect to be taken care of by the state. And I don't know how to reverse course. I, I wish I had the answers. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd be out on the book and book tour if I was doing that. I, you know. Ah. I think it's really it comes down to each person and each family, and you just got to start saying, "Hey, you know what? What are our values and what are our ethics?" And you know, I've I've had some conversations with clients whose businesses were way down this year, and they've had a little bit of humble pie served upon them, and their Christmases are going to be a little lean. And I said, "You know what? It might be the best Christmas you ever had. You can play games with the family, play cards with the family. You don't need to have somebody setting up a new iPhone, you know, just before Christmas dinner and different things like that." And you know, I think there needs to be some soul searching by the American people. And it's like, do we really want to, you know, hinder our kids with this debt? I, I don't know how they're ever going to repay it. I mean, we we owe so much money as a nation. Each person's share of the yes. national debt's over $100,000. Nobody thinks about that. The bully pulpit. Yeah, the bully pulpit at the state capitol, at the governor's office, the bully pulpit at the presidency, I think, is probably the only microphone that can help provide that vision for a country to return to those fruitful roots that we once had. My guest is CPA Bruce Wiley. He's founder of American Tax Business Planning. We're talking about work ethic, the stimulus checks that some states are providing this Christmas because of inflation. This doesn't help, obviously, on the state level with spending. Likely more state debt that is in the making. Or maybe they're just spending some of the so-called stimulus given to them by the federal government that went unspent. Maybe that's one way they're getting rid of it. But either way, they should be allocating that to state programs that are essential uh, services that they should be providing. But no, it's just providing money and likely worsening inflation, throwing more cash with services and, and products that are limited. But also on the employment side, 
why work? Why work those two, three jobs that I mentioned? And, and jobs are available. <laughs> That's You were talking about that employer. I bet part of the reason he's hurting is he can't find the right people to, or enough good people to work. We have anecdotally at the local level and nationwide, we keep hearing all these reports, all these jobs, jobs, jobs available, and people just sitting on the sidelines, I guess, waiting for the next stimulus check. Give waiting for the next stimulus check, eating a bag of Cheetos and playing video games. <laughs> Hoping to get rich playing video games. Sounds to me like you got some yeah. teenagers at the house. Yes. <laughs> well, not so much anymore. I'm just remembering <laughs> the, the, the days a few years ago. So the, the states really are spending the money that the government, the federal government gave them during COVID. If they don't spend it, they've got to give it back. And they're, they're, the cash tills at most That's state so budgets are absolutely overflowing. There's a few states where they're still not fiscally healthy and, and, you know, Illinois being a prime example of that. But most people don't understand that their state budgets, they're overflowing with cash right now. And if they don't spend this COVID money, they got to give it back. And, oh, my goodness, why would we ever give it back? Let's let's dole out favors and see what we can we can get, you know, yeah, buy with this money. And that's criminal. That's the mentality that we yeah. have with our leaders, which is, that is scary. So sad. That is so sad. That's our that's our grandkids money. That's our great grandkids money. It's taxation without representation. It's deficit debt spending. It's their money. They have to pay it back. Hopefully, they'll be able to well, pay it back. Yeah, and pay it back to the you know Chinese government, which right. holds Interest. a really large portion of our debt. <laughs> and on that happy thought, Merry Christmas, Bruce. Pleasure speaking with you. Thanks so much. Merry Christmas. Tax attorney, CPA, Bruce Wiley. You're in tune with The Dana Show. I'm Sergio Sanchez, and for my friend Dana, we're broadcasting from her Southern Command in the Rio Grande Valley of Texas studios of KURV. Merry Christmas to you, amigo. Uh, you want to say hi online at the Twitter thing. It's at Sergio Talk, at Sergio Talk, and also Sergio at KURV.com. That's my email. This is The Dana Show. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super B Tart Chews are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise, and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simply delicious. Tart cherry gummies come with a one 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com slash Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com slash Dana for up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies. Buytartcherry.com slash Dana. Red meat, black coffee, truth-telling. The Dana Show. Broadcasting from a Southern Command, Rio Grande Valley of Texas. I'm Sergio Sanchez, and thank you for joining us on The Dana Show. You want to say hi online? It's at Sergio Talk on Twitter. Next hour, the program. And, and I recommend that you do as I do. On the weekends, uh, Dana is my top show. Of course, I'm biased, because that's why I'm here as well. But there's several shows. I 
Uh, the Dana Show uh, producer Steve will condense everything, and you get a, a nice podcast. It's like an hour, 45 minutes, and it's nothing but straight shot. Boom, 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 boom. Lots of great information, news, commentary. It's all there in some of these interviews that, man, I always learn something new with these conversations. So listen to the Dana Show podcast. And, and I, I do this on the weekend. I usually catch up with all, all the shows on the weekend. Uh, coming up next hour, or if you're listening to the stream later on, be just a continuous thought, the FBI with a warning. Thousands of minors have been coerced into sending like nudes or just explicit pictures, compromising pictures. Most of the victims, boys, they think it's a girl on the other end that's sending a request for all this stuff. And then they get fleeced. They get shaken down for money and they get threatened by these individuals. 3,000 victims so far. So I'll talk a little bit about that next hour. Next hour as well. Governor Greg Abbott, we're talking about Title 42 coming to an end, maybe, maybe not. He doesn't want it to end because that's like the only instrument that Border Patrol can use to send some individuals back. And we got a bunch of individuals on the Mexican side just chomping at the bit, chomping, chomping, hoping to hear that it's gone, and then they're going to run, make a run for the bridge, make a run for the border around the, across the desert or swim the river around here. That's coming up next hour, so don't miss that conversation as well. Merry Christmas to you and family from all the gang at at the Dana Show. Oh, yeah, and as I told you earlier, hour three of the program, uh, Father Frank Pavone, some in the church trying to kick him out. And they've been successful to a certain degree, but he's fighting back. So that conversation also coming up later in the program. Appreciate you sticking around. Listen online. Listen to the podcast. From South Texas, her Southern Command, I'm Sergio Sanchez. This is the Dana Show. The president uh, tasked the vice president with studying and working on the root causes of some of these issues. I'm wondering if there's any update from this side of the White House on what she's been doing and what she will continue to do as we're expecting an influx at the border. Well, as you know, the president uh, appreciates the partnership that he has with the vice president. You're right. That has been her charge to uh, work in a diplomatic way okay, on finding the root causes of, okay. of, um, of migration. I uh, don't have anything to lay out specifically on what that work looks like, uh, but again. I don't have anything to lay out. In other words, she has done nothing. The so-called border czar, Kamala, as I say around here, Lamala, the bad one, Kamala, Lamala Harris, the vice president, the border czar. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't show you anything that we've done to help out this Biden border mess. Try to Make things right. Welcome to Hour 2 of The Dana Show. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Sergio Sanchez, and for my friend Dana Lash. That was Karine Jean-Pierre. Oh, by the way, you know what Plan B is with this Biden border mess right now, that Title 42? It, we're waiting. The clock is ticking. We're waiting to see what happens before 5 p.m. Eastern. I'm hoping to hear something here pretty soon. So Maybe... I don't know, maybe it'll be extended? That's what Governor Greg Abbott wants. And I got comments from him coming up just a little bit. But maybe, you know, the high court not convinced all the arguments and you know, say, okay, just let it lapse, let it go. You know, the reason that, and in my conversation with the governor, the reason that tomorrow, Wednesday, the 21st, 
is the drop dead date for Title 42. It's it all goes back to a previous court ruling, and then the clock was ticking then, and the 21st was supposed to be the the final day for it. that. That's why tomorrow is like the drop dead date for this. On, on a really bad week, by the way, I've mentioned this before. We got some nasty freezing weather. I know you guys up in the Northeast, you guys, you know, it's below. It could be 10 below zero. Some of y'all in, in the Midwest, up in Minnesota or Michigan, you guys go skinny dipping in that type of weather. Around here, I mean, it's deadly especially people coming up from the Central America, South America, uh, they will die. And we've I've had local reports in the past. We had cold snaps where the temperature went down to upper 20s, low 30s, and they find dead bodies. People would freeze in ranch country around here. Uh, we're broadcasting the, the Dana show from the Rio Grande Valley of Texas, the studio of KURV. And here in deep south Texas, the tip of Texas, there are 60 miles of ranch country desolate ranch country. There, there are some bed and breakfast locations. There are some hunting leases, plenty of fences. But that's a 60-mile stretch that in the middle of the summer, and you got people that are traversing all this acreage trying to hide from Border Patrol. It's, it's a huge swath of land. It's, it's enormous. Even bigger than some of the smaller northeastern states. You could fit them real nicely in the vast expanse that is deep south Texas from Lake Falcon to Corpus Christi at the Gulf of Mexico all the way down to the tip of Texas. That is a lot of land for anyone to traverse. And Border Patrol, they're on their little buggies looking for people and then helicopters, but they'll evade. They'll try to hide from it. And the, the coyotes are human smuggler They'll try to evade. And they will... They will Abandon anybody that can't keep up, they'll abandon them in the heat, triple digit plus heat of South Texas. No water, no food, and then they'll find dead people there in, in cold snaps, upper 20s, low low 30s. People will die with the elements as well. So, we got this Title 42 thing that might come to an end tomorrow unless something comes out of the, this high court intervention that's taking place right now. And we got a na- nasty cold snap hitting Texas, well below freezing for several days. And some of these folks that were kicked out, again, it's a small percentage of folks that were kicked out because of this COVID thing, Title 42. We've already had like 5 million people cross the border illegally. Some were caught, some got away. But 5 million under Joe Biden, small percentage were kicked out because of this health thing, Title 42. They're chomping at the bit. Some of them, I could say many, but that's hard to quantify. But we got thousands chomping at the bit, hoping to cross the river at a time when this nasty cold snap is hitting Texas. And, and then what? we got an emergency declaration in West Texas, El Paso, because they know they're going to have to put these folks somewhere with a roof over their head and some type of warm air hitting them in, in several nights of sub-freezing temperatures. Plan B by the administration, according to Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House press person. You know, she might be a nice person and all, but I got to say what I got to say. I, I, I know it's probably a really hard gig. You know, she embarrassed herself the other day when it's, it's like all these press people have like a, a booklet. You notice that they have a booklet and they have like tabs for different topics and, and different questions. And as soon as some reporter starts mouthing off a question on a specific topic, they'll go to the tab that they think she embarrassed herself the other day. And went to the wrong tab and just started answering the wrong thing. And so, oh, well, got ahead of myself. I'm sorry about it. Got, you know. They have everything prepared already. I can't imagine what that gig would be like. But I'm not impressed. I, I'm not impressed. I know Joe Biden's probably absolutely the worst president we've ever had. Now that, I'm sure. It's KJP. 
could do better, but she's nothing but an apologist. And just she's just awful as a press person, just downright awful. Anyway, she did express Plan B. And it's cut six, Steve. Well, let's see what that cut is all about. One of the reasons that I want to be very clear that to, to folks that the border uh, is not open and, and we will remove uh, using Title VIII is because by not being very clear on that, we are doing the work of the smugglers who are going to put forth misinformation. So it is Congressman Tony Gonzalez who was explaining the difference between Title VIII and 42. Title VIII was the previous... Uh, the previous incarnation of this fast-track deportation. Title VIII may allow for some cases, less, in fact, less number of cases, an immediate expulsion from this country. But Title VIII will allow the individuals that are seeking asylum, a larger group of them, a longer stay in this country to get... So, in other words, Border Patrol catches someone. Title 42, COVID, whatever, it's, it's health-related. I know it has nothing to do with border stuff, but it's health-related, and that's what they desperately have been using at Border Patrol to kick, kick people out. Well, they kick people out immediately because they're from certain countries. You know, it's COVID, whatever, they kick them out. Title 8 is not the health, it's the previous, but Title 8 keeps them in this country four, five, six, maybe more days. So within that span of time, eventually they will need to be released into the interior and Less people, in my opinion, I see the opportunity for less people to be kicked out as compared to Title 42. So we barely had a small single-digit percentage of individuals being kicked out of the country under Title 42. There will be even less people kicked out of the country under Title 8. They're going to take their chances. If Title 8 is the plan B that they've been talking about, man, I'm expe- I am expecting that flood if Title 42 is removed tomorrow. It's like it's like a band-aid, you know, like the standard size band-aid. It, it like will go around your finger. It's like what's the smallest band-aids that they have? It's like the one that cover a pimple, right? But like the little round ones. It, cover a mole, cover a pimple. It's it's like we've gone from a small band-aid, which is for your finger, for probably finger length, to one that's like cover the pimple. That's that's what I was thinking. It, it's not a solution, and it is more signaling to illegal immigrants immediately south of the border. Come on in. So we'll see what happens over the next several hours. Obviously, we'll talk about this again, Lord willing, tomorrow on The Dana Show. As promised last hour, this is something moms and dads, you guys need to pay attention to this. The FBI warning of, of this financial sextortion, sex torsion, lots of schemes that are targeting kids. And in this report that came out this week, it's against boys. It's a scheme that targets boys, ages generally, you know, teenagers. And you know how it is with raging hormones at that age. It's, it's biology. It's you know, science. It's the, the male, the boy, in, in all of nature, the, the aggressor, the, the female has to go conquer the female. These raging hormones at a time of life when they're, just, they're growing up to reach their zenith of being males, 14 to 17. Well, somebody comes online pretending to be a girl or a female and starts having conversation asking for, you know, inappropriate stuff, for sexually explicit pictures. Send me a picture of, you know, doo-doo, doo-doo, and, and, you know pose for me and, you know, this way. That, 
these boys are sending pictures. 3,000 minors, the FBI in this report a few days back saying 3,000 minors have been have fallen victim to this sextortion case that you need to know about and you need to have a conversation with your with your kids. 3,000 victims so far. They're still uncovering more. Coerced into sending you know, naked pictures of themselves, explicit images of themselves. And then the individual on the other side who's not a girl, not a pretty girl, not a woman asking for this. Is some punk could be Philippines, could be Russia. I don't know where they. I don't recall what the report said as far as where they're from. But they get fleeced. The boys saying, "Hey, I'm going to send this picture to your mom. I'm going to send this picture to your dad, your teachers. I'm going to send this picture. Just put it out in public for everybody to see that picture. You better send me X amount of money. Three thousand so far. They're still finding more. Fourteen to seventeen, the general age victims as young as ten years old. This begs the conversation, mom and dad, with your little ones, with your young ones. Yes, I said little ones for teenagers. You know they'll always be your babies. But with their raging hormones, the way things are, they just don't think straight. They're thinking with the wrong head. You know what I'm talking about. So have that conversation with your kids. Did you believe in Santa Claus? Did you do the whole Santa Claus thing when you were young? This is a conversation I hope to share with you maybe tomorrow on the show. I saw this report that said that Gen Z, Gen Z is anyone born, let me see if I got the numbers right. I had them in another piece of paper. I think it's from 97 to 2012. My little one, uh, actually both my boys are Gen Z. Uh, the last one barely made it under the radar. He's Gen Z. He's, he's 10 years old. He was born in 2012. The other one definitely, you know, 2007 from my other boy. So the age group would be 10 to 25. Somebody ran some numbers. Let me see if it says in this report who ran. Well, this report said Gen Z, they don't want anything to do with Santa Claus. They're not, if they have kids, and that'd be a pretty young couple. <laughs> We're talking about 25, you know, barely out of college, I would hope, right? Young married couples. And and they should get married. That's my opinion. I I recall the advice of um, an uncle of mine when I was young. And he says, son, if you can, be responsible, get the money that you need, get the employment that you need, get the education that you need. Be prepared as a man to provide for yourself and for your wife and for your children. But try to marry young, he said. Enjoy your youth, your, your strength. Put it that way. Put it polite. Enjoy your strength, your youth. Enjoy your wife. Say if you can't get married young. I remember those those words. And yes, I, you know, for 25, 24-year-olds, you guys out of college, you have a job you can provide for yourself. Don't move, in, don't move in with mom. Don't marry, move in with mom. If you can take care of yourself, absolutely. So these young ones who are having kids now, they say they don't want anything to do with Santa Claus because it's traumatic, they say. Once you get to the age when you have to have that other conversation about St. Nick, that it's all traumatizing. And I'm trying to be as polite as possible, right, because I know some kids are listening to the program right now. So that's, I, I think I've tiptoed pretty well around it, right? So they have this other conversation, and it's, it's traumatic. I just see it as an opportunity, an opportunity to talk about all things, including eternity and our Creator and all those things. You have to delineate, okay, what is um, fantasy, what is reality, the existence that we're in, all those things. Anyway, that's... 
I hope I can share that conversation with you tomorrow on The Dana Show. Already 20 minutes after the hour. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sergio Sanchez. In for my friend Dana Lash. You want to say hello online at Sergio Talk on Twitter. This is The Dana Show. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. The Dana Show from her Southern Command in South Texas. I'm Sergio Sanchez. President Biden, this news came out today. President Biden will go to Mexico, going to Mexico City come January to meet with some North American leadership. Comments from the White House, he's going to discuss what else? The climate religion, climate issues. Also, yeah, I would hope they're talking about immigration issues and, of course, economic competitiveness, as they say. I hope that they talk about repatriating more of the Asian-produced stuff, like pharmaceuticals, right, consumer goods, information, technology, chips, computer chips. Yeah, how about we bring some of that stuff to the Western Hemisphere? Mexico, Canada, the U.S., let's, let's let NAFTA take care of it. Good recommendations from the gang at AAA. Again, they're saying everybody hitting the road right now because of the Christmas weekend. Because of the bad weather. Check this out. You driving? Don't forget, especially you guys who are not used to it here in the south, going to cold areas and snowed in areas. Cold weather preparedness kits. Jumper cables, blankets, water, and snacks for several days. And AAA also saying if you're flying, download the airlines app ahead of time because you'll get push notices on any delays. From South Texas, I'm Sergio Sanchez. This is The Dana Show. Politics, pop culture, and whatever else gets canceled, tossed in a blender, paid for by sponsored hate mail, it's The Dana Show. Because not only do Republicans oppose immigration reform, they also are opposing the money necessary to deal with the emergency. So you are going to see scenes of chaos at the border in January and February, and that is going to be in large part because Republicans aren't allowing us enough funding to deal with these increased numbers. Just, um, I guess he's angling for the stupid quote of the day. Democrat. Of course it's a Democrat. Senator Chris Murphy. Jan- so put it, on your, put it on your calendar, boys and girls. January and February, we're going to see a border crisis like we've never seen before. Vato, you need to pay attention, Chris. Yeah, I know you're a senator. I pay your salary, Vato. You need to get your butt on the border. Come down here to all the kids' shelters, all these contractors taking in thousands of kids. Get your butt over to West Texas, El Paso. Take a look at all those buses. Yeah, even in West Texas, El Paso, the mayor there. The Democrat, by the way, contracting with a a, a bus line, a charter line. Get these buses into the interior, all these illegals. Take a look at all the illegals on the other side in Mexico just chomping at the bit to cross the border and stay because they won't be kicked out because of Title 42. Your president made a mess of things. That's just just utterly stupid political comment. Senator Chris Murphy. I need to check this boy's tenure, see if he's up for re-election. You guys need to get rid of him. This is The Dana Show. Hour two of the program. I'm Sergio Sanchez. Appreciate you tuning in today. And stick around. i got more comments related to immigration, Title 42, and... Governor Greg Abbott of Texas, like, why? Because I asked him, why don't we just send, I know we're sending buses up north. We we need to send buses, like, south of the border. So his concern related to that, and I got comments related to that as well. I'll share later in the show. I saw a couple of news notes I thought were interesting. One was a report on how conditions are misdiagnosed in the ER. 
millions of misdiagnoses uh, occur in emergency rooms every year. It's numbers from DHS, Health and Human Services. 7.4 million mistakes are made annually in the emergency room. 2.6 million of those, about a third, give or take, about a third people are hurt as a result of the misdiagnosis. Almost 5%, around 5%, permanently disabled or die as a result of that. I mentioned this because I was thinking of my, my old man. I was thinking of my dad. I love him so much. Oh, my goodness. I, I think of him and during Christmas season. I'm sorry, low T kicking in right now. It's just the, all the hormone stuff. Uh, it was on my birthday. It was, man, I don't even remember the, the birthday. It was like early 2000. My wife, oh, I love her so much. She, she made this big surprise party for me. We had like a, a Bible study group that met pretty regularly. And she decided to surprise me. My parents came in from Houston. And uh, he got sick after that birthday party. I took him home. He couldn't, cook. He couldn't keep anything down. We thought it was a cardiac incident. We thought it was his heart. He never had heart problems. He never was sick. The, the little guy was a, was a bull. I mean, this guy was strong as an ox. And he got sick on me and couldn't keep anything down. And he was, like, passing out. And Anyway, that misdiagnosis cost him a lot. It wasn't cardiac. It was uh, neurological. His C3, C4 in his spine. You guys who are nurses and medical people, you know, it's like the spine way up there. Something popped in the middle like a vein, almost disconnected. His brain and, and the channels of communication to the rest of his body, that's why he was so sick. They even put him on a treadmill to see what happened, what was going on with his heart. <laughs> and all the time, he was not supposed to be moved at all because it was, you know, so delicate. He was had that aneurysm, that blood thing, spillage in his three, C3, C4. They weren't supposed to move. They didn't know. It was um, a neurosurgeon days later who figured out what's wrong with this guy. It's not his heart. It's not his heart. Oh, it must be something brain related. So he, my dad fell in that 5% permanently disabled and kept him bed bound pretty much the rest of his life. So anyway, just I was thinking of my dad when I, I saw that report. And I tell you what, this radio, they say the radio signals travel across the universe. I know they get weak as they go through, but man, if he could hear me in the third sky, el tercer cielo, the third sky, the third heaven. I love you, Dad. My goodness. Um, colder than Amber Heard's heart with Johnny Depp, as I said on the morning show today. Colder than Amber Heard's heart with Johnny Depp. NASA saying it has pinpointed the coldest spot on the planet. It is in Antarctica. East Antarctic Plateau. Lowest temperature, 135 degrees below zero on a clear winter night, according to NASA. All right, I got about 20 minutes left in the hour, so I better go to my conversation with Governor Greg Abbott. I, I spoke with him earlier this morning. He says the Texas power grid is just fine. We'll be okay with the freeze. But then we segued into the whole immigration issue. Go ahead, Steve. Title 42. So you got Justice Roberts pressing the pause button and says till 5 p.m. today, Tuesday the 20th. I guess he wants to hear something from the Biden administration. Can, can you explain what is Justice Roberts... What is he hoping to hear from Homeland Security or the White House by 5 p.m. today? 
what the Supreme Court's looking for, they're looking to see uh, if there is an issue uh, that the court will be interested in taking. Uh, they want to see uh, what the different positions are, uh, both of the Biden administration as, as well as the other parties. Uh, and then based upon those uh, briefs uh, that are provided by both parties, the Supreme Court will decide whether or not to take the case. Obviously, our hope is that the Supreme Court will realize that, for one, uh, the Biden administration is violating federal law uh, by what they are doing. Uh, and then for another, uh, there is a justifiable reason why the United States Supreme Court needs to take this case, uh, uphold Title 42, keep it in place and, and, and until Congress has the opportunity to either codify Title 42 or take other action. Uh, the Supreme Court cannot be an accomplice in Biden's open border policies that are devastating our country. Why was December 21st the drop-dead date? Was that based on some court ruling and and next number of days given to 42, Title 42, to remain in place? Well, why was tomorrow? That, 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 yeah, that, that's, uh, that's my recollection. It was, okay. the, it was uh, the prior court ruling that established that date as the end date for Title 42. You are, you're on record saying, look, we got a bunch of people coming in. Uh, they're not being screened for COVID or anything else for that matter. It's a health issue. That's your argument at court, because you do get to make an argument again at the high court for Judge Roberts, toward Judge Roberts again, right? The whole health issue today? Right. And, and, and this is as easy of an argument as, as you can make, because of the fact of the matter is, uh, it is a fact uh, that there are people coming across the border with COVID. Uh, some of these uh, places uh, that have received uh, these migrants that came across the border, uh, whether it be those who received them in Texas or those who received them in uh, the cities that we have bused them to, uh, they've complained uh, that some of these migrants do have COVID. But And remember this, when they come across the border, they're not tested for COVID. Uh, it's only later on when they realize they do have COVID. If the Biden administration uh, was testing everybody coming across the border, they would find that there is uh, at least a, a meaningful number of people with COVID. But remember this also. It's not just COVID. Uh, there are a multitude of other diseases that people can have that the Biden administration is not testing for. And remember this, Sergio, and that is these people are coming from over 150 different countries across the entire globe, countries that don't have the same health standards that the United States has, countries that people could be coming here with who knows what type of physical ailment. And so what the Biden administration is doing uh, they are opening the door uh, into the United States to the entire world to bring here uh, whatever uh, type, type of uh, medical issue may be occurring in whatever country these people are coming from. If ever there was a reason uh, to have the Title 42 policy in place, what we have right now, what we're dealing with right now, is a reason for that Title 42. If the Supreme Court applies just common sense and just the reality of the facts on the ground, the Supreme Court will uphold the enforcement of the Title 42 policy. Governor Greg Abbott, my guest. So if, let's say, the Chief Justice is not convinced, does that mean that it still might end tomorrow? And if so, what do you do? Do you reposition state assets to put up tents or something? Because we're going to have some deadly cold crossing Texas, cold weather crossing Texas. Yeah, yeah, listen, if, if uh, the Supreme Court makes the wrong decision uh, and allows Title 42 to uh, end, uh, it's going to lead to total chaos uh, because uh, you know that the numbers we're dealing with right now are unsustainable. And I think you and your audience probably knows that if Title 42 is ended, there's going to be even more people 
uh, coming across the border, far more people coming across the border. But understand this very important fact. Uh, the, the, the people that the Biden administration is allowing to come across the border, it's the Biden administration that's responsible for providing for uh, the care and the needs of those people. Not the state of Texas. What the state of Texas is stepping up and having to do in an unprecedented fashion, we have to protect the safety and security of our state. And so I've deployed the Texas National Guard, the Texas Department of Public Safety, and other assets. Uh, and we are having to do the federal government's job uh, to defend the safety and security of our state. Let me just give you one quick and easy example. And that is we have Border Patrol in the United States uh, whose job it is is to patrol the border. But they're not patrolling the border because the Biden administration has them filling out paperwork for all these people who are coming across the border, lining up, getting in line, knowing they're going to have their paperwork processed and allowed by that paperwork to remain in the United States. While the Border Patrol is doing that, it opens up uh, the, the wide swath of the state of Texas for the cartels to bring across the border very dangerous uh, criminals as well as very dangerous drugs like fentanyl. Texas and Texas law enforcement and the people that I've deployed to the border, we are the ones who are having to fill the gap going after that criminal element and doing things like seizing enough fentanyl that would kill every person in the United States of America. So our top uh, and foremost responsibility is to protect the safety and security of the people of our state and even of the United States of America. Waiting to see what happens with Title 42 later today. And Governor Greg Abbott, my guest. How goes the charter bus schedule to the northeast? Where are they going, and are you going to ramp up more buses in case we get a flood? Well, uh, we've already organized that. Uh, and, yes, we, so we, we're providing uh, more buses uh, across the entire spectrum uh, and, and uh, going to different places. We're, uh, we, we will be sending them to uh, wherever uh, there are sanctuary cities. Uh, and, and so there, you can probably expect some new locations arising sometime soon. But uh, listen, there, there are cities across the United States of America who have uh, already declared themselves as being welcoming uh, to these people coming across the border, and they need to step up and start bearing some of the burden uh, that the state of Texas is having to bear uh, because of Biden's policies that are allowing these people into the country. D.C., New York, Philly, Chicago, any other cities coming up? There more than likely will be some other cities coming up. You still getting private donations to pay for the charter buses? So we are getting some private donations, uh, and uh, but but to the extent that we're not, uh, the state of Texas is footing the bill. But uh, the cost of Texas footing the bill uh, is minuscule uh, compared to the cost that we would be having to bear uh, if uh, uh, those migrants were to remain in Texas. And the easy proof of that uh, is the mayor of New York is saying that he needs uh, between one and three billion dollars. Uh, to deal with the 30,000 migrants that he has. If he needs a billion dollars for 30,000 migrants, we need $100 billion for what we're having to deal with. And and then, of course, the busing operations are just a tiny fraction of that. We're catching some trespassers. State authorities are. How come we can't get a charter bus and send them down to Reynosa, Matamoros, or Nuevo Laredo? Just send the bus down and offload folks there. So we actually do things like this. So what, one of the things authorized under my most uh, recent... Uh, executive order uh, when I declared an evasion, uh, and, and that is uh, the first thing that we do uh, is, with the National Guard is we focus on turning back or repelling uh, people from coming across the border to begin with. Uh, if they make it past that, then the Texas Department of Public Safety or uh, military police with the National Guard 
they will arrest them and do one or two things. They will return them to the border, like what you mentioned, or some of these people we actually arrest and put in jail. But to the border, not into Mexico, right? Well, you'll release them on our side of the border, right? Yeah, and, 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 and let's, let's be clear about you know, why that's happening. What, what's, what's Mexico going to do uh, if, if we, Texas officials, go into Mexico? They, they can arrest us. Uh, if we step foot into Mexico for doing that. But there's, there's another thing okay. also, and, and that is if we drop them off in Mexico, if, if they come from Nicaragua or Mogadishu or wherever, you think once we drop them off in Mexico, they're going to say, oh, you know, we tried, but let's go back to Mogadishu. No, uh, they're, they're going to, uh, be, because they know the yeah. federal government okay. is allowing these people well. back into the country, they'll just turn right around and turn themselves back into the federal government. Yeah, that's when it gets real. Okay, we'll see what happens later in the day. What do you want for Christmas, Governor? What I want for Christmas, and what I'm focused on for the remainder of this week all the way to Christmas, uh, is making sure uh, that uh, the ERCOT and the PUC uh, does everything they need to do and executes uh, in a way to make sure that we keep the power on for our fellow Texans so our fellow Texans can enjoy a fabulous Christmas. A big hug, Christmas hug to you and Miss Sassy and the family. Merry Christmas, Governor. Governor Greg, Greg Abbott from the state of Texas. I've got some more thoughts linked back to what the governor said on this whole thing about, yeah, send the bus to Mexico. No, they'll get arrested. Yeah, but I'm kind of out of time this hour. we got Florida Man next on The Dana Show. I'll share those thoughts with you sometime, Lord willing, next hour. I'm Sergio Sanchez. You're listening to The Dana Show from South Texas. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. It's time for Florida Man. His name is Holly Delton Jones, 46 years old. And authorities said that when they arrested him, Mr. Jones was wearing some latex gloves because in the vehicle he was driving, being chased by a Florida authority. Well, he was carrying some fentanyl, crack cocaine, and I believe some other narcotics with him that, you know, heroin as well. Started driving recklessly, running from police. <laughs> Those latex gloves would not have done any good Had in his uh, unsafe driving had he wrecked the vehicle and rolled all over the place and all that powder would have gone everywhere. Can you imagine? From South Texas, I'm Sergio Sanchez. This is The Dana Show. And once you see those images, you can't unsee them. And the other part was to put pressure on the Biden administration to keep Title 42 in place. Literally the last Trump policy that works. You know, tonight we got word that the, the judges are going to give a stay, but I, I'm mixed emotions here. It's, it's almost a stay of execution. And, and part of it, what frustrates me is here you have the greatest country on earth that, you know, we have to rely on a COVID error policy to enforce our immigration system. It's completely broken. That's Tony Gonzalez, right? Steve, Representative Tony Gonzalez, yeah, West Texas, Texas 23. I shared some audio from him earlier this week on the Dana Show. How are you, amigo? Welcome to Hour 3 of the Dana Show, broadcasting from our studio here in South Texas, right on the border, KURV, the News Talk Authority for South Texas. I'm Sergio Sanchez in for my friend Dana Lash, um, and I really appreciate y'all sending... I get a, a few emails every now and then, Sergio at KURV.com, and I get some messages online as well from the Twitter thing. 
I'm trying to get more active on Twitter. It's at Sergio Talk. So issue of immigration front and center again. Right as we're headed toward a Christmas weekend and a very, very cold weekend all across the nation, including the southwest border. Up in D.C., the lawmakers, they've got themselves, I understand, a 4,000-page piece of legislation, the Omnibus Spending Bill, $1.7 bucks. Omnibus, just another word for, um, you know, it's a huge ball of wax. It's, it's a little bit of everything in there for everybody. Including from my understanding, of course, there's money for Ukraine. Of course, we've got to secure, protect Ukraine. And to hell with the U.S. border. We've got to give Ukraine money, right, to defend themselves. So they got spending measures for all sorts of departments, Lord knows. It's like they got to pass this 4,000-page omnibus spending bill before they go on vacation. For Christmas. And you know they're going to pass it. All these reports coming out of D.C., they've greased the skids. It's on fast track, the final passage. When shut down Schumer, Chuck Schumer is all, he's dancing a jig and he's all happy and bipartisan legislation and we're doing the right thing for the American people, blah, 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 blah. You know the fix is in. Shut down Schumer, got the turtle, Mitch McConnell, everybody else, all the Republicans, noodle spine Republicans to go ahead. They've got the 60 votes necessary to fast track this thing. 4,000 page legislation. It's not, it's not going to get the debate. They're not going to read it. It's not going to be amended. It's already Tuesday between actually sending this thing off to the printing press. It's probably going to be passed. Just my guess. It's probably going to be passed. This omnibus spending bill before it acts of all 4,000 pages. And they got some really awesome printers up in D.C. But they can, I bet you they're going to pass this thing before they even print the 4,000 page thing. Even a sample copy of it. It's on fast track to final passage. $800 million, they say. And this omnibus spending bill, $1.7 trillion thing. $800 million bucks for New York. Yeah, bulk of the money. $800 million to address the, my words, illegal alien, illegal immigrant, or in news copy, migrant issue. And a chunk of that, huge chunk of that, in fact, they say the bulk of the money of the 800 million bucks that they're about to you know, put in there in the $1.7 trillion omnibus, 800, 800 million of that, the bulk of the money is for New York City, where it compliments of Texas. And it really saddens me to see what's taking place in Arizona. You guys who are patriots, you love our country, you independents in Arizona, Man, you guys voted stupidly. You guys got yourself a new governor. Those bus rides from Arizona to Washington, D.C., those charter buses from Governor Ducey, they're, they're coming to an end at the beginning of the year. But compliments of Governor Ducey and compliments of Texas, Governor Greg Abbott. We've been sending busloads of illegal immigrants, or as in news copy, they say, the asylum seekers. And here's where the press is just carrying the water for the left and these open border minded individuals, all these leftists, just en- enabling all these politicians to protect a broken system. It, it, the proper copy should say so called asylum seekers because they're gaming it. They're gaming the, the asylum rules, asylum laws. They're allowed to cross illegally family units because they're all allowed to stay, and it should not be that way. So 30000 so far for New York City. All right. We got more on the way. And if you just 
join us on the show, go back and listen to just a few minutes back, especially on the on the podcast version of the Dana Show. Just rewind a little bit back to my conversation with Governor Abbott. Those bus rides are going to continue. New York, D.C., Pennsylvania, Chicago, and he's still looking for more places. We got more buses on the way because Joe Biden ain't going to fix a darn thing. You know, state of Texas. Speaking of eight hundred million dollars, I just remember state of Texas, my state. Lawmakers around here for almost a decade now. See, in Austin, our state capital, we meet every two years. Lawmakers meet every two years to figure out the budget and how they're going to pay the bills for everything. And they still have a surplus. Lawmakers around here, they have been allocated about $800 million by annum. Every two years, they spend $800 million for a fatter Department of Public Safety force, for spending on for you know tax national guard on the border, response money for border security, helping out ranchers, improvising fence, all that, all that, eight hundred million dollars in you know quote unquote border security money. What Washington is about to allocate in the form of you know, more debt that our great grandchildren have to pay for, if they ever get a chance to pay for the eight hundred million dollars for the migrant issue. It's all illegal immigrants coming into the interior and New York having to deal with us because all their shelters are full. Texas spends it. You think any of that's going to be reimbursed? Hell no. (laughs) Absolutely not. It's not going to be reimbursed. Governor Greg Abbott meantime is sending the National Guard to West Texas, El Paso to respond to the potential influx of humanity. Title 42 might come to an end The official announcement might be at the end of today, 5 p.m. Eastern. We'll see what the court says. High court, if they're going to take the pause button off of this and just go ahead and let it die, the Title 42 thing and people chomping at the bit to cross the border. Speaking of El Paso, I saw this other headline. More buses leaving El Paso. El Paso, the Democrat mayor, El Paso, has got a contract with a busing firm to get people out of there. They're going to be busing folks to Dallas, not to stay in Dallas, but to put them on planes. On more planes coming into the interior. You know, this is something I commented on my program this morning. Our station is KURV.com here in South Texas. We're the only news talker in South Texas. You want to look us up. My show in the morning at 9 to 11, right before Dana. And of course, I'm biased. For me, Dana, number one. And we developed this friendship, and now here I am. You know, thank you, Dana, for the call helping you fill in from, from time to time. Right before Dana comes on, I have my show, the Sergio Sergio Show, here in South Texas. And uh, I used to call it The Wall. A genius marketing radio genius. That, Dude, you got to call it The Wall. That was under Trump. But we soon found out that we only got a certain amount of sponsorship and support for the program because we have just way too many kid glove noodle spine folks in the air that talk a good game, but when it comes, oh no, it's too political, too political, oh, it's too controversial, okay, all right, fine. That's, we'll, we'll do the Sergio show. Help, help sales. All right. So I shared this on my program earlier. You guys recall, because Governor Abbott, in case you missed it, go back and listen to what Governor Abbott had to say, because I asked the governor, if we're sending all these buses up northeast, how come we can't send, like, well, at least one, send a charter bus south of the river, use the International Bridge, park in, you know, Reynosa. I grew up in Reynosa as a, as a kid. So go to 
in town square, drop them off, come on back. The governor's concerned that Mexican authorities, he's probably right. Mexican authorities probably arrest the driver. Arrest anybody that's you know, from Texas who are working like chaperones to take these folks down. Okay, fine, fine. I still want that fight. I'd love to see Mexico hypocritically start arresting Texas authorities, busting people to Mexico. You know, the state police and local police and the Mexican federal authorities, los federales, all, all these people, you know, pounding their chest and arresting Texas authorities, sending these migrants south of the border. I'd like to see the, you know, the same vatos that bend the knee to the cartels, the cartels that are the ones who really run Mexico, the criminal cartels. They're the ones who run everything. They run the highways, the cities. They got all the politicians in their pockets. Mexico is a narco state. I'd like to see you know them pretending to be cops and arrest. I'd like to see that fight. But okay, okay, let me take a step back. We don't need to do that. We don't need to go into Mexico, if that's, if that's your concern. Look, Governor Abbott said that, we, that he has declared an invasion. Okay. So if, if we're being invaded, and that means they give us state authorities to arrest, and we are. I say, well, we don't get to see too much of it, but the when governor says, I believe it. I know it's, a little bit of that's taking place. Not around here, because we got way too many Democrats running local government, but uh, a little west of us in, in a rural country. Illegals who trespass on private property are being arrested and they're being held. Well, it's time to gra- grab those folks that broke Texas law. And we know they're in the country illegally as part of the process of arrest. Put them on a bus and take them to the international bridges in my area. Or somewhere. we got plenty of international bridges here in Texas. Take that charter bus and leave that lane open, by the way. The one that goes halfway up, halfway up the bridge. And at the midpoint of every international bridge, at the midpoint, there's like a little speed bump or a couple little speed bumps. And on one side, it says U.S. The other side, it says Mexico. Well, it doesn't say it that way, but you know, it says Mexico, U.S. Well, drive, drive, up, drive the bus up to that point, open up the door, have the driver and the state authorities there, and more behind them, just in case you got any runners going back to Texas. Open up the door, say, okay, folks. There's Reynosa, there's Matamoros, there's Ciudad Juarez, there's, it won't happen in Tijuana because that's California. They're taking everybody in California. So send them all to California. But anyway, so send them back to Mexico and point them in the right direction. You guys go back down that direction. There's Mexico. You need to go back. But that way you don't have anybody being arrested. In Mexico, no state authorities being arrested. In Mexico. And then you got that fight. I, I think it's pretty simple. And I'm not joking. How about try it? We've tried everything else and it doesn't work. Put them on a bus. And it doesn't have to be every bus, but send a statement. Send a message. You know, much like, you guys remember the, the Haitian invasion at Eagle Pass del Rio. Remember? All these folks from Haiti. At one point, we had everybody sanctimoniously on the Democrat side. They got a picture of Border Patrol on horseback, and it was the reins that were kind of floating up in the air, but it, it looked like the reins were being used as whips, and, oh, they're whipping these black migrants from Haiti. Oh, this echoes of racism in a darker area, and we're going to punish all these individuals. Remember, well, we were all distracted by that, the flood of folks coming in from Haiti, crossing at Del Rio and, and Eagle Pass. Well, there, everybody was distracted with that, much like... Keystone cops, 
Another federal branch was sending back the Title 42, a few of them, back to Haiti. It only took a few plane loads of Haitians sent back to Haiti to send a message to folks in Haiti that you come here, you're going to be sent back. And you know what those plane loads? You, you, go dig up the headlines and news related to it. It's, it's buried, but it's there. Some of these plane rides back to Haiti got, were kind of ruckus and people were upset because these Haitians didn't come to the U.S. from Haiti. They were living in Central America and South America. They were living elsewhere with other visas, other work permits. Their livelihood that they had in South America, Central America, they gave up to try to get an open door, take advantage of an open door into the country, but they were sent back to poverty-stricken Haiti. And they knew they were going back to Haiti. And when they landed, everybody found out, oh, no, everybody's going back to Haiti. That stopped. So they kind of like Keystone Cops, they stumbled onto the solution. Same thing here. Send a bus to the border, point them back south of the border, go over there, and we got people behind the bus. You can't run anymore. Can't run back to Texas. That message gets back to them. Taxes will not be a friendly entry point. Just saying. Let them go to California. California wants to give them health and education and everything. Send them to California. And the ones who make it around here keep sending the buses up northeast. Anyway, just, just some thoughts on that. 20 minutes after the hour. This is The Dana Show. I'm Sergio Sanchez. Appreciate you tuning in. You want to say hello online? It's at Sergio Talk on Twitter. The email Sergio at KURV.com. This is The Dana Show. Of all your favorite talk hosts, one of these is not like the others. The Dana Show. Broadcasting to you, the nation and the planet and online from South Texas, little old South Texas, Rio Grande Valley, at the studios of KURV. I'm Sergio Sanchez, and this is The Dana Show. Merry Christmas to you, and as soon as they continue the whole Festival of Lights, Happy Hanukkah as well. You guys be safe if you're traveling. And if you're hitting the road, as I, I saw this great AAA advice last hour, you guys in southern states not used to all the snow and cold, Midwest and all that, yeah, you better take an emergency pack with you with food and water and blankets just in case. Oh, and the jumper cables as well. Get the app from the airline that you're using wherever it is you're traveling because they're might be a domino effect here pretty soon come Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, because all the nasty cold weather. All right, Steve, well, let's do some headlines. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Florida's parental rights and education law. That is the proper name of the law. The misnomer, the leftist description of this was the don't say gay bill. It never says anything like doesn't say anything like that in the legislation. And for signed by Governor DeSantis, the Florida Parental Rights and Education Law might be expanding. The law prohibits classroom conversations, teachers talking about gender identity and sexual orientation for little kids in kindergarten up to third grade. There are some reports on Florida. This might be expanded to middle school. And and information, man, you really need to know. If you are driving a Dodge vehicle or a Chrysler vehicle produced somewhere around 2005 to 2010, all these Dodge vehicles and the Chrysler 300, I know it's part of it, there's a huge, huge warning. Do not drive those vehicles. Don't drive those vehicles. You need to check with the dealership. It's the Takata airbag. They have been exploding. Five or six people have been killed this year, more in previous years, and they're calling people just to stop driving those Dodge vehicles. I'm Sergio Sanchez. You're listening to The Dana Show from South Texas. Merry Christmas.
When you're stuck discussing politics with your friends, who's the most informed person in the group? Yep, you are. You're welcome. Listen, follow, subscribe. The Dana Show. Uh, The fact that they were able to conduct this type of inquiry with such intense pressure and maintain the dignity of it all uh, was incredible. And I think we'll go down in history as one of the most important moments of congressional inquiry ever in the republic. Yeah, one of the most incredible political partisan moments in history of the republic. Yeah, that's uh, your incoming minority leader, Democrat, Hakeem Jeffries. He's going to speak on behalf of the Democrat minority in the next congressional session. Now, if Hakeem, man, if he really believes that, eh, it saddens me to think we're really not adding any more IQ points to the Democrat leadership from Nancy Pelosi. Nancy, man, she killed with all that alcohol she's swigging. Man, she killed a lot of brain cells. I hope it's. I hope Mr. Hakeem. He's just you know he's just talking politics, just flapping his gums and being you know what he needs to be, which is a partisan and political you know, operative in the face of of the Democrats in this failed J six. Which one? Hey, welcome to the Dana Show. The final few minutes of the program. Stick around. I got a conversation I want to share with you. As I promised you yesterday, thank you, Jesus. I, I was able to find Father Frank Pavone. You guys will keep up with the effort to save the undelivered babies and bring them into the world. Priests for Life. That has been his ministry for decades now. Father Frank Pavone. He's being attacked by his church, church colleagues near him, or the market he comes from. I got some comments from him. What's going on? They're trying to, trying to take his ministry away, kick him out of the Catholic Church. So that's coming up in mere moments. Let's stick around. You feeling the stress of the, of the holiday season, Christmas season? Well, all I have to say, amigos, is take a deep breath. Put everything into perspective. Remember the reason for the season. I know it sounds like platitudes and, and just standard refrains, but take a breath, amigos. Stop. Like... I know you're driving around town. You're probably doing some last-minute Christmas shopping. Stop, amigo. Stop. Stop. Take inventory of all the stuff you got in the back seat or in the trunk. You really don't need to be doing all that. Look, I saw this this write-up from something called the Thriving Center of Psychology. It's one of those news write-ups that pops up in my feed. They did a survey of of 1,000 people, 1,000 Americans. And about 58% rounded up, 6 in 10, almost 6 in 10 Americans right now having trouble setting boundaries, saying no to things that they should be saying no to. 64% over 6 in 10 right now experiencing, I would say needlessly, experiencing stress this Christmas season, this holiday season. And the whole issue of giving gifts the, the the gift giving thing, spending money on that, that's the biggest stressor. Of the sixty four percent all stressed out about giving gifts and buying stuff, three fourths women, slightly over half are men. Almost half of Americans admitted going to an event that they wanted to skip. You know how it is. The only one that you really shouldn't skip. Like, I know if your cousin is getting you over and you really don't want to see that aunt or uncle of yours, you know how, you know how things are going to go south real quick after they open up the adult beverages. The, the only ones I would recommend 
I've, you know, these are years of conversations with people that do the whole business thing. Don't miss the Christmas party. Try your best. Show up. See. Be seen. Take a few pictures. Proof that you showed up. You know, you're you're being a team player, right? That's probably the only one you really need to go to is, is the office lunch or engagement. Take some donuts with you. Or around here, it'd be easy for us. We'd take a dozen tamales to make everybody happy, right? And three out of four folks in that poll admitted to lying to get out of an event. They're all stressed out by the holiday. The whole gift-giving thing, look, just my thoughts. If, if the people that you're buying, spending all your precious time, which is expensive, you're buying something for, man, if they don't, they cannot appreciate what you give them, they are not worth your precious time, much less your limited money ever, ever, ever again. So stop wasting money. I mean, just give them a batch of cookies. If they don't like the batch of cookies, then don't give them anything ever again, period. So that's the way it is. I think you'll be less stressed and happier for it. All right, got about 20 minutes left in the hour. This is The Dana Show. I'm Sergio Sanchez. And for my friend Dana Lash, appreciate you sticking around. If you want to say hi online, at... Sergio Talk is on Twitter. The email Sergio at KURV.com. And as I promised yesterday, Father Frank Pavone, priest for life, is under attack. Here's my conversation with him earlier. This is Father Frank Pavone. And I say, Emmanuel, God is with us. Our Savior is born in this beautiful season. I know you're going through a little stressful time right now, and that's why I asked you to join us on the program. From Priest for Life, Father Frank Pavone. Father Frank, I hear that some people in the church management are not too happy with you. So what's going on here that they want to kick you out? Well, how about that? Well, thank you for having me on, and blessed Christmas wishes to you as well and to your audience. Yeah, you know, but this has been going on for decades. I, I'm used to it. There are some in the church, uh, strangely, I should say, who don't support the work we're trying to do, which many people are familiar with, I've been to South Texas many times on this pro-life mission. We're trying to save babies' lives. We run the largest healing ministry in the world for those that have had abortions. We work with the Holy See uh, in international pro-life matters at the UN and elsewhere. We elect pro-life candidates, uh, as the Church teaches is appropriate. Um, you know, why, why some don't like this work? I, 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 I have to leave it to them to explain. Uh, some of it uh, seems to be just pettiness, envy, jealousy, whatever, or desire to control, whatever it is. Uh, but for 20, 20 plus years, uh, some of them have been making up all kinds of excuses to try to block or limit my work. I've continued uh, in, a, in a positive spirit to uh, advance that work. Now what they've done is said, I can't function as a priest. You know, the Vatican is saying, oh, you can't be a priest anymore. Well, you know, if they had legitimate reasons uh, for doing that, then, uh, you know, then I'd have to, you know, pay the price for my own actions. But they don't have any legitimate reasons. And uh, that's the sad thing about it. Uh, so that's what's going on. But our work is, is moving forward because we know we're doing the right thing. Uh, countless people support the work uh, because not because some bishop is telling them to, uh, but because the work in and of itself is clearly something that the Lord wants us to do. With no chance of appeal, I understand, for you to fight for yourself. Well, let me clarify. I'm glad you bring that up. Okay. Let me clarify that. They're speaking in technical, canonical language. All that means is the Pope is the highest authority in the Church, which we know. The human authority, that is. Jesus Christ is Lord of the Church. But the Pope is the, is the last, you know, person that you can appeal a case to. Uh, so, that's fine. 
except that you can ask the Pope also to change his mind. And uh, the popes have done that. They, they've reheat. This pope has reinstated priests that have been, you know, thrown out in the past for various reasons, uh, worse reasons, I might say, than uh, what they're, uh, you know, what they have against me. But um, uh, and then if this pope doesn't, there's a next pope. And when the next pope comes into power, I will be knocking at his door. I'm not leaving the church. I'm not going away at all from either my calling as a priest or my calling as a pro-life leader. I'm going to do both, and um, all I've always asked is what I'll continue asking, and that is the blessing of the Church that I love. Father Frank Pavone, priests for life, being defrocked, management near him, I guess, they don't want him to be a priest anymore, and I hear from you that you're going to fight this, right? at least ask the present Pope to help you out, if not maybe the next one, but your status. Yeah. As a priest, do you still have a church, or they lock you out of that? I mean, what happens Sunday to Sunday, Saturday night to Saturday night? What are you going to do now? Okay, well, that, that's, that's, again, good clarifying question. Um, first of all, I have a ministry. I don't have a particular congregation. Now, if I had a particular congregation, okay. you know, then I, you know, I wouldn't be able to, to uh, preach in that congregation or, or anything like that. Wow. But the, 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 the unique thing about what I'm doing is I have a special national, international ministry that consists mostly of lay people who are doing the work of educating people on abortion, as we mentioned before, healing the wounds, you know, electing pro-life candidates, etc. So that work will all continue. My staff and my board are completely a thousand percent united with me and with one another in moving forward with this work. Uh, we didn't, um, you know, we, we, we didn't lose any support. People who support this work are doing so not because uh, their pastors are telling them to, but because they see that it's good work. In fact, it's work that they wish was being done in their own church or their own diocese, but it's not. So what I do, broadcasting, publishing, teaching, uh, uh, training, uh, I will continue to do. Uh, so I have this ministry. It's not supported by, it, it's not supported financially by the Vatican. It's just supported by, you know, people around the country that want to see these here, babies here. saved. Awesome. So um, that will continue. What if a local parish, somebody tuning in right now, says, we want to invite him. This is an outrage. We need him to come and address our congregation. Do they run the risk of upsetting local management, local diocese, wherever they might be? The lines of jurisdiction are that the local pastor will know what he can and cannot do. So a local pastor would not have, you know, a priest uh, who's under a, 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 a decree like this actually say the Mass or preach in the pulpit. But if the pro-life people in the community wanted me to come, for example, and uh, lead a prayer vigil in front of the abortion facility or speak at a banquet or meet together with them in a convention center because they're having a pro-life gathering. And the, the pastors, the, the bishop, the pope himself, don't, don't have a right to stop that. And that's how our ministry moves forward, because, again, this is a movement. It's an interdenominational movement. It's a well-established movement, and, and, and much, most of the activity of the pro-life movement does not involve priestly functions. Um, and that's where, uh, you know, it's important for people to understand uh, they can still do those things. They can have me come in and speak, uh, uh, and, uh, and we'll continue doing that kind of encouraging work within the movement. From Priests for Life, their leader, Father Frank Pavone, and all these years that you've been helping women receive, seek healing from abortions, and even, I know your target has been physicians, doctors, help them move from being baby killers to being lifesavers. 
And how you've been able to quantify all these years, like X amount of women we've been able to help, X amount of babies perhaps we've, we've been able to save, and we've been able to help an X amount of doctors. Did, just top of mind, do you do you know those numbers? Yes. Yes. Uh, we have uh, about half a million women uh, have been served in the, the after they've had abortions and have come forward looking for healing through our ministries specifically. Uh, it's about that uh, that number. As far as doctors uh, leading, helping them to to leave the abortion industry, find healing afterwards. I would say there's a couple of dozen um, of them. Uh, they've gone through very intensive uh, healing uh, processes under our guidance. And um, as far as um, uh, the, uh, for example, well, children saved, uh, my goodness, um, it's probably in the hundreds of thousands. And because uh, we get, you know, we get, it, 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 it's quantified in a lot of different ways, but just from the feedback we get of people who have uh, not only changed their minds and, and come to us, but also it's measured through the effect of the pro-life legislation uh, that we've been able to get enacted, because then when abortion facilities close, then you start seeing the statistics of the numbers of abortions that do not happen. Some happen elsewhere. Some people will travel, you know, to another state, but you can you can you can track the number of um, uh, of of those who did not travel to another state. Compare the numbers state by state, and and that's where we get you know the statistics that you know there are literally thousands and tens of thousands of babies being saved by these pro life laws. If folks want to reach out to you, support you in any way, the, website right, Priest for Life. The best place is endabortion.us. That's our main website, endabortion.us. And they'll be able not only to connect with all these different facets of our work, uh, but they'll also be able to get updates on this situation of mine that we've been discussing. And they'll be able to follow the progress of, uh, of, of what we do about it. Merry Christmas, Father Frank. Big hug to you and the crew. Thank you for what you do, sir. Merry Christmas to you, and you're most welcome. God bless. Father Frank Pavone from Priests for Life. Big thanks to him and his staff for making that conversation possible earlier today. This is The Dana Show. I'm Sergio Sanchez, and for my friend Dana Lash. Careful out there, folks. I know midweek right now. we got a nasty storm system crossing uh, the Midwest, headed northeast. Yeah, there's going to be a domino effect here pretty soon, all the flights and all the road travel. So you guys be careful as you travel for Christmas. Thank you for joining us on The Dana Show. You can say hi online at Sergio Talk on Twitter. I'm Sergio Sanchez, and this is The Dana Show from South Texas. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Merry Christmas, amigos. Feliz Navidad. I'm Sergio Sanchez, in for my friend Dana Lash. Always an honor to be with you. And, man, thank you for the emails and... Good and bad, it's it's all good. I love it. You guys get all upset, but I said something. Yeah, most mostly the comments are thumbs up. Boy, that just warms my heart. That's my Christmas gift. Thanks for the uh, the emails. It gets a little late to me. Uh, it doesn't come on when the show's on. Sergio at kurv.com. Sergio at kurv.com, and it's at Sergio Talk at Sergio Talk on Twitter. Send your message. Pre- appreciate you. You guys reaching out tomorrow. I have lined up some conversations that focus on your wallet. Because right now, those wallets opening, that plastic is flying all over the place. So, calm down, muchachos, muchachas, calm down. 
the credit card realities and some bankruptcy truths as well. Because, yeah, some of y'all going to walk into 2023 with a mound, a mountain of debt. And maybe a pink slip as well since we got a recession. There was a report I saw moments back, 70% report. The economist 70% now saying recession is a reality early next year. So bankruptcy truths and some credit card realities. Hope to share some of that audio with you tomorrow on the Dana Show. In news that matters to the Marvel comic nerds, that'd be me. I, I love the, I don't read the comics, but I love the movies. They've done a good job with the Marvel series. Actor Hugh Jackman, if you didn't hear, he's, he's coming back. He's going to reprise his, his role you know, as uh, the Wolverine. He says a Deadpool 3 that's going to hit theaters in 2024, late 24. It's not going to mess with a timeline, he says. Okay, so you can breathe easy. And from Australia and Europe, uh, where else, right? New research. Check this out. I'm sure Greta Thunberg's going to pounce on this one. Earth could be facing a mass extinct extinction event that could wipe out a quarter of the world's biodiversity by the year 2100. Da, da, da. That's like down the street, isn't it? Scientists in Australia and Europe ran simulations, virtual Earth, going to get rid of 10% of all plant animal species by 2050. Whose fault is it? Who, who's to blame? Mm, look in the mirror. You are to blame. The, the scientists in Europe and Australia say the current mass extinction event coincides with the rise of humans. So more humans and less animals, all that stuff. What, I guess we're going to eat them all, all the plants. We're going to eat most of the animals and well, the side salad, right? That's the way it works. All right, Steve-O, let's uh, do the stupid audio of the day. What you got? All right, it's our President Biden who's talking about, I think he was talking to Drew Barrymore for some odd reason. He won't go anywhere else, but uh, he'd have an interesting way of describing his wife. <laughs> can tell her anything. She's got a backbone like a ramrod. <laughs> <laughs> talking about the First Lady? Well, yeah, she might be the decision maker in the White House. I, I wish she would make better decisions for the sake of our country. <laughs> Please. Madam First Lady, please don't let him run again. Hey, thanks for joining us on The Dana Show. I'm Sergio Sanchez reporting to you from the Southern Command in South Texas.